Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode on stress management. In this episode, we'll discuss two essential tools for coping with stress, exercise and self-care. We all experience stress in our lives, but did you know long-term stress can also affect our gains and our recovery? So by incorporating these regular practices, we can better manage our stress levels and improve our overall well-being. So grab a cup of tea and get ready to learn how you can reduce stress and improve your mental health through exercise and self-care. If you like the tea on our episode, please follow or send us a review or email us at girlsgainsandgossip at gmail.com. Now, let's get to the show. Good morning, Sol. Good morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm I'm here. <laughs> it's very early in the morning. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad. This is no, quite don't, early feel, don't feel bad because I think it's better than the evening or nighttime for us because I think we function better in the morning and we have think of better ideas in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely hear that too. Like your first few hours of the day is like your creative mind is on too. So yeah. Absolutely. I, at least for me, it is. I know for some people, it's like the night, some people in the midday, but no, mine's is in the morning. <laughs> Dude, have you ever had those nights where you stay intentionally stay up and then like 2 a.m. you just have like all the ideas in the world? I hate then- that because I want to <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just messed up for the next day. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, and I think that kind of um, it's a good strategy for what we'll be talking about today, but mind dumping, um, mm. for things like that, whenever you're really like just thinking about all like these really cool ideas, it's just either going on your phone and your notes tab or writing, getting a little notebook and writing down all your ideas and stuff there and just dump everything on there. And then sometimes that leads to better sleep because you've, oh, yeah. you've already took it out of your head. <laughs> yeah. Just let it out. Yeah, my therapist calls that uh, trash dumping. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Trash journaling. Yeah. So what's Mm. up? What's the tea this week, Kiana? Yeah. So got some good tea, I feel like, is is my best friend who I've been training for about uh, a month and a half or so. She just got her hair cut and her hairstylist like stopped to tell her that her legs are looking super like shapely and they look like they're toning out and basically everything that she's been dying to hear for the last year or so. So she was super excited. She like called me immediately. She was like, like compliments to you, but like, this is so awesome. And she was so excited. So that feels really good. Cause I, I like being, being away from her and like trying to like kind of coach her through like, workouts that she should be doing and whatnot um but she wasn't doing (laughs) now that like she has someone to work out with it's been easier to get her to do the things that I think are best for her Mm -hmm. um so but yeah that was that was very nice so it's also really nice because I know she will um she'll trust me more with the next stuff that we'll do yeah. Yeah. Well yeah it's building that trust with them is really important just with anybody too because um you know, I find that if they don't see the results, I mean, it's not necessarily anything that doesn't, that pertains to you sometimes. Sometimes it's just their mm-hmm. motivation in terms, like, kind of like what you just said, like, you've been trying to train her, like, apart, but now that you're actually with her, you're making sure she's doing the exercises, you're giving her support, she's probably way more motivated to do it anyways, because she has someone to do it with. So that oh, yeah. leads to better, better outcomes. Yeah. 
I am in love with the whole thing. All right. So what about you? Got any tea for us? Yeah. So my other hip is out now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't choke on your tea. (laughs) I almost spit my coffee out. (laughs) Oh, so last week was the hip impingement. I started, I started doing some um, mobility exercises, felt amazing. I was like, great. Um, this week's been, a, I would say a little stressful, which again, I mean, we're talking about stress, I guess it fits in the season of life right now, but has been a little stressful just because I've been just really pounding in a lot of work and seeing a lot of clients and it can be a little overwhelming working till late night. So it's been, it's been a lot. Um, I went yesterday to start doing some lifting again after a couple of days, not lifting. I did some deadlifts and the second rep or second, uh, set, I immediately felt the sciatic nerve pain and I was like, no, <laughs> not oh. so for those that don't know, I do deal with sciatic nerve pain. It comes and goes, um, every few months, you know, like, or maybe depending on how much I'm sitting down, um, it'll, it'll come back faster, but, um, I've dealt with it for years and it's just kind of just one of the things that that happens and something that I'm working on, you know, number one on mobility for that same reason to help improve, I guess, the mobility, right, of my hips <laughs> and strengthen my hips also too. So that's kind of what I'm working on. But anyways, yeah, so it really sucked because I was like, I was so excited. I was going to go back into deadlifting and things like that. And I was, and it just didn't go that way. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm back to, you know, doing lower intense exercises, walking, foam rolling, um, doing a few different exercises like the um, side plank clamshell, which uh, oh, I love that one. Yeah. So that one I found with my hip impingement worked really well too. So I'm working on it on the other side as well. So yeah, that's been my life right now. <laughs> so tragic yeah. story. Tragic I know it's so tragic. I know it is so sad. Um, but you know what? So I was thinking about it too. And as we were kind of doing research for this, I was like, you know, yeah, I think being where I'm at right now with the stress that I'm feeling from work, I said, mm-hmm. okay, there's some definitely some things that I need to start being more aware of and and you know, decreasing my my load of work and mm-hmm. just learning to to set those boundaries which something we'll kind of talk about today but yeah, yeah. That, and then just being able to give myself some more time so I'm not like stuck working all day but yeah you poor thing yeah well I mean I'm going on vacation for in like two weeks so I'm hoping that I'll be like free from all of this for yeah <laughs> for a few weeks but anyways but yeah oh yeah and then I'm going on vacation yay <laughs> Yeah, it'll be really exciting. I don't know what I'll do without you. <laughs> I know. You'll be fine. You call me. We got FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. we pretend we're doing a podcast through FaceTime. Yeah, right. That'll work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So as we discussed, you know, exercise is such a good stress reliever. Um, You know, I love, I, I find that exercise for me just really helps make my body feel lighter I guess in the sense but lighter in like the again like the stress load like in just the the physical emotional all that load so I I really love exercise as a stress reliever yeah yeah I mean I think I think we've all pretty much turned to going to exercise 
after like a pretty bad breakup. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's definitely some relief there when you're dealing with emotional struggle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It is true. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, if we want to kind of break into the science of of how stress affects our body, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about that last time. Um, mm-hmm. but in terms like we talked about, like, whatever, what about our gains? Like, what about our muscle recovery? Cause ultimately, I mean, we're all muscle mommies over here, you know, and we all, we all want to, you know, we want to want to gain muscle. We want to build, we want to tone. We want, well, I mean, I guess tone isn't a word anymore, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, we want to get stronger and we want to see results, but what happens when life becomes so stressful or not even just so stressful just our perceived stress Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately what happens to our recovery how do we how does our muscle grow do we still grow muscle is it does it stop like what you know yeah it just stops all together and you actually become a toothpick (laughs) (laughs) that's how I always feel That is true. You just stop everything in life. Yeah. So I think one of the things to think about too, people that are exercising aerobically, it could be walking. It could, I mean, it could really even be lifting too, to depending on the intensity and rep ranges, all that kind of stuff. But it really helps improve that sympathetic nervous system. So if we think of what that is, the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for responding to stressful situations. Mm-hmm. really think about how this affects it. We know through our last podcast, we talked about overall health in a stressful situation, our sympathetic nervous system becomes activated and there's different hormones and different um, things for physiological responses that do activate that can cause heart increased heart rate that can cause, you know, blood sugar levels to spike, increase adipose tissue storage, you know, fat storage. So those things can happen, but when we know, when we get exercise in there, we know that our cardiovascular function gets better. Um, Mm -hmm. Our ability to put out oxygen and blood pumping um, increases, our recovery time decreases too. So whenever we exercise, it doesn't take us as long to recover Mm -hmm. overall than if we weren't to do any type of aerobic exercise or exercise in general in terms of like resistance training it has been shown that overall cardiovascular health mental health even improves but I think too just depending on the type of training right Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it definitely goes to show like um I, I really like how Andrew Huberman described it too is just in a sense we all have our stress threshold and when you reach that then it it can be when you suppress that threshold, it can be pretty catabolic for your body. So it's a matter of trying to increase that threshold for yourself. Being intentional about putting stress on your body with exercise can definitely help um, with that. So like you said, the aerobic training, increasing your heart rate, um, even resistance training in those higher reps, I think would help too. And then not only that, then you also have yoga. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yoga is yeah. definitely gonna help that. But. Yeah, and well, yeah, we can. There's like a lot of different exercise methods that, um, that can help with improving cardiovascular health. Um, and then we'll kind of talk about too how it affects overall recovery. But I know you saw like a research study recent while we were going through this. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. So, I think overall the research is kind of 
there definitely still needs to be a lot more to be done there. But yeah, the one that I did find was, um, it's called psychological stress impairs short-term muscular recovery from resistance exercise. And we'll put the link down in the show notes, but essentially is pretty cool. This study grabbed, it was like 1200 students at first. And then they basically eliminated them for like, if they're having too much caffeine or if they have other stressors, yada, yada, they knocked it down to 31 participants of college students, um, and ran them through like a stress test. Um, they also ran them through, um, physical fitness tests, you know, they could have as the baseline and then they put them through workouts. And then after five to 14 days, they retested them for everything just to see like where their soreness was at, um, how was everything healing or how their recovery was. And I think overall they had some sort of connection to from like the stress that their psychological stress to their recovery. Even in the end, they they do note that like there is definitely more studies that could be done and it could have been better. Um, or at least there isn't like a very clear line of the, how psychological stress affects the recovery, but there definitely is some tort, some type of line there, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think one of the things that we talked about last time, especially cortisol, cortisol gets thrown around there a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but there, it, you know, cortisol does have a play in our recovery as well. So we know that through moments of chronic stress, cortisol can inhibit that muscle development or muscle recovery process. It just blocks the function, which inhibits that testosterone release. And we know testosterone is very important to increase muscle. Ladies, we also have testosterone, men and uh, women both have testosterone. They both have estrogen. I mean, we just have different levels of it, um, which makes why men can grow muscle a lot better than we can. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, it's, it's don't, don't freak out. We all have testosterone. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so cortisol can block that release of testosterone. So if we don't have very much testosterone, it can impact our overall, um, growth, those growth hormones of our muscles. Right. So mm-hmm. that's one way it also impacts um, our overall gains, which kind of sucks. <laughs> I think about because a lot of people do deal with stress chronically, and then they're putting all this effort at the gym and they're working out and they just don't realize that their stress in their day to day life is actually affecting their performance and their, their muscle uh, recovery and gains for um, at the gym. So yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's also another another point where you say like people don't realize that the stress can affect it. It's good to take a look at how much psychological stress you're taking on, especially with like work and whatnot. And maybe that means reevaluating or pivoting your workout goals or how you work out. Um because I know like I know I, I say this occasionally all the time, but like when I was in TV and film. Most of the time when I go into production, it's a matter of changing my mindset of I can't, I can't hope to build more muscle during this phase because production is just too crazy that I have to focus on just maintaining, um, like a healthy body, (laughs) (laughs) one that I won't get hurt if I like bend over, you know? So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing too. It it affects, I mean, we talked about recovery, but it also makes you more prone to injury. 
right? So it makes mm-hmm. you more prone to, to getting hurt and things like that. So again, it's stress can be, you know, pro-inflammatory. So we have, if you have that, a lot of that inflammation and you have all these cytokines and that gets released into the blood, it can make like those joints and muscle, you know, inflamed and hard to recover if we're not being intentional, right? I'm saying, mm-hmm. especially for stress management. So, but oh yeah, so another thing actually too, that kind of brought came up to me was the overtraining. So how overtraining, you know, could be a bad thing. Yeah. Again, you want to be intentional about the amount of stress that you put on your body, but there's definitely (laughs) too much stress. Yeah, exactly. I think that, and that's, that's on the other side of the spectrum. So now we have emotional and, and, you know, just environmental stresses and things that happen in our day-to-day life. But then we have stress that we do add on to ourselves, right? So the overtraining where we go to the gym, we might be working out, like really intense exercises. And maybe we're doing this five, four, five, six days a week um, or mm-hmm. more than that. And you're doing this for hour, two hour sessions. And that's, that's a lot of stress on the body too. You know, I mean, exercise is good stress, but you know, too much of that is going to make it harder for you to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes it hard to grow muscle because again, now you're still under, you're still experiencing those same physiological um you're still experiencing those same physiological um, stressors in the body. You still experience all those hormone changes. Everything's happening, but you're doing it for your, to yourself at the gym. <laughs> you know, you're too much. <laughs> yeah, you're just doing too yeah. much to calm the hell down. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, that goes hand in hand with uh, another research that if that we were going over too is uh, oh. where they took the college students and tested how much exercise they can do within every day and how that affects their stress overall. Mm-hmm. And mostly they found between like the 30 to 60 minute range of exercise per day was like a sweet spot, but anything over 60 minutes a day tend to have a adverse effect to their health. <laughs> and yeah. I think love it didn't really have any positive effect either. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the recommendations is that is, you know, doing three to four sessions per week, maybe 30 to 40 or 30 minutes to an hour. I think that's a great recommendation. But the some ways that you can determine to if you are overtraining in your exercises and if you need to make some changes is number mm-hmm. one, if you've experienced decreased performance over the next seven to 10 days. So like in a ten, seven to 10 day period. So if you start, you start realizing that, you know what, I'm not I'm not lifting as heavy as I was lifting. I'm not putting out hundred percent effort or 80 to hundred percent effort in my exercises. You know, I can't even finish out all my repetitions, you know, so if th- those are things, your performance overall, if your endurance is not there, if you're someone that, you know, does long runs or just endurance in your exercise, if it's not there, this lasts for about seven to 10 days then there needs to be some change. You might be overtraining. You might need some more recovery, more rest, um, maybe better nutrition. There's a lot of different things that you could kind of work with that with. The second thing would be too, is increased heart rate and blood pressure. So, and then, and if this is, if you're like actually watching it. So, I mean, most of us have like Apple watch, we have um, Fitbit, Mm -hmm. things like that, and it'll test your heart rate. So something to kind of just keep in mind that if you do start noticing your heart rate, like your average heart rate, because you get your averages every week Mm -hmm. um, is a little higher and 
you know, you might check your blood pressure and you notice your blood pressure is a little higher, then again, that might be a sign of overtraining. Got to cut it back. Got to cut it back a little bit. Decreased body weight can be another sign of overtraining. I I usually see like no change when I see people that overtrain, like no change in body weight for most, for most of the people that I work with. But mm-hmm. according to the research, this is something that they see too, is the decreased body weight. Uh, the next thing would be is reduced appetite. So this would go kind of hand in hand with decreased body weight is if you don't have much of an appetite or, you know, experience some nausea, then obviously you're not going to eat and you're going to lose weight, which for some is like, oh, great, I'm losing weight, but it might not be for the good reason. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing to number five would be uh, disrupt sleep patterns and inability to attain restful sleep. So if I know. I, I, that one's a huge one. That one's yeah, so huge. I know. So recovery and muscle growth honestly really happens. I will. Okay. Yes, I know. I'm going to say recovery happens. Muscle recovery happens in your sleep, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't recover well, we don't grow our muscles well through the, through the stimulus that we give it. Right. So mm-hmm. um, if you start noticing that you're not sleeping very well, you're constantly waking up, you don't feel rested. That's probably where I am right now. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, I've just, but granted it's self-inflicted because lately I've been just kind of scrolling through Instagram <laughs> late at night. And I'm just, I tell myself, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I on this right now? I should be sleeping. And then an hour later, I'm like, again, why am I doing this? I should have been sleeping an hour ago. <laughs> I know it is such a dangerous cycle. <laughs> it is, it is. But that's the thing. If you're not aware of those habits that you're starting to, um, starting to, uh, you know, I guess start doing, then mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's you're gonna fall into a, a deep, deep hole, and then you're gonna figure find out like why, how did I even get here? And it's just through mm-hmm. days and days of not paying attention to your to your habits. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that this one's like really hard to kind of navigate because sometimes I feel like when I have bad sleep, I'm either not training enough or overtraining. And now I've gotten better to know which direction I'm in, but like a good way to see if you're overtraining is to just maybe cut out like a few sets on like the following week or cut down on intensity just just slightly and see if that helps at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's always a good way. But yeah, if I don't train hard enough, then I'm, I feel like I'm not exhausted enough to want to sleep, oh. <laughs> which I think that just goes back to like the amount of anxiety in my head. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that's what it is. That's really what it is. Yeah. The overthinking brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is very hard. Um, You know, before a few months ago, when I first started working from home, I was getting amazing sleep. I was getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And I felt so good, so rested, waking up, you know, getting hit in my workouts, killing it, I felt. And then lately, um, you know, since school started for the girls, I've been Mm -hmm. trying to kind of figure out when's the best time to wake up, but then I'm going to bed super late, but then I don't, I want to wake up earlier, but I don't have the energy to. So yeah. And and then I've been seeing like my workouts are starting to decline little by little. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah, So I really have to get 
to my sleep is one of the biggest ones. And I, I yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm uh, going back to your first, uh, your first point on there for like decreased performance. Um, Charles Poliquin, which I, I know I always talk to you about him because I just, his, I mean, he was a great coach in the Olympic, um, in the Olympic field, but basically his book, he really notes, um, when you're working out, there's this thing called critical drop-off point. So essentially if you're doing a set or, um, working out on one of your body parts or anything, and your performance drops by five to 7%, then that means that that muscle is pretty much reached like fatigue and you should stop and move on to a different um, body part just so you don't exceed that amount of stress that it can hold and your recovery doesn't get impacted too much. So I try my very best <laughs> to stick by that, but sometimes it's really hard because five to 7% for me, because I'm so, so weak, <laughs> like, isn't that much? <laughs> so my ego gets, gets hurt when I, when yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a time for me to move on, but yeah so that's interesting so would that be i mean i guess would that how does that differ from training to failure then um i think it's more so in general i guess it's all about intentionality right Mm -hmm. because training to failure you're probably going to be doing less volume Um, since he's an olympic coach they're all about high volume and quality over quantity so it's just a different training style yeah yeah exactly got it oh yeah 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 okay cool no that's that's actually a really good um point to 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 put out because yeah i think that's in the biggest biggest thing is the mindset behind our training is going to be different for everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the type of training that you're doing, that's going to determine how, how much fatigue, how much stimulus, how much you're going to be putting in. And regardless, if you, whatever training you are doing, if you notice if that performance of that specific training is, is declining and you're mm-hmm. not, you're not going up on weight, you're not, um, able to get through your workouts, then there's a problem there. We need to, we need to address either overtraining or like I said, any of the other, no rest, which is a big one that we've obviously talked about. Um, yeah. Or, you know, bad nutrition. There's a couple of things, a couple of things that could be, but overtraining is one of those. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. I like that. Um, muscle soreness and general irritability. So <laughs> you're just being grumpy because you're sore. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So we have, there's, there's this concept called DOMS, delayed onset of muscle. Um, I'm trying to remember now. It's early. Delayed onset muscle soreness. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, it's, it's early in the morning. I can't, I can't, I can't process things right now. And I haven't had coffee. I just had tea. Um, yeah. So there is that concept of, of DOMS where, that we do have that delay of soreness after me. I know most people might feel it after a day or two um, mm-hmm. of working out and then they feel all that soreness and stuff, but this is a little different. Um, this is prolonged soreness. This is where you feel very sore, but you're, you're not recovering as fast. Um, mm-hmm. Most people after soreness, I mean, if, if you're not overdoing it, you know what I'm saying? Like, but if you are overdoing it, you might be sore for a whole week. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? That you're going to feel sore for a long time. And that's the opposite of what you're trying to do. You're not trying to create soreness every single time you work out, honestly. And it's not very productive towards mm-hmm. your, your strength uh, goals or weight loss mm-hmm. goals, whatever the case is. Because again, that's putting on amount of a certain amount of stress on the muscle. And if it's not recovering well, you can't perform well, right? Right. Yeah. Again, it's when you do your workouts, you want your body to adapt to the stress that you're putting onto it. And if you're constantly getting sore from it, then it's not recovering well, like you said. Um, I think like a general rule of thumb that I like is if your soreness affects your next workout, then you're probably overdoing it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. If your soreness affects your next workout, you're overdoing it. We should put that on a on a poster or something <laughs> at the gym. <laughs> Calm the hell down. No, put kidding. it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, put it on a bumper sticker. There you go. No, it is. It's so true though because oh man, so many, especially newbies, beginners, go into the gym. They you know put out a whole workout and then they don't you don't come back for like okay. a week or so because they're in so much pain and it shouldn't be like that. You that you've overdone it. Um, yeah. You know, I've talked to many trainers where they'll be training, a, you know, someone and they're like, well, this is it. This is the exercise. And you're like, yeah, I want you to come back. Like, <laughs> you know, if I were to work you out the way that we would be working out and, in, in, you know, for someone that either works out for a long time or just, you know, in general, then you wouldn't come back. You'd be really sore, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, number seven. So this is another one um, that I feel like I found myself in a couple of times reduced motivation or adherence. If you do not feel any motivated anymore, if you just, again, aren't sticking to the plan that you have, um, there might be some overtraining in there. You might just be completely exhausted. It's just saying, all right, we're done, you know? Mm-hmm. So you know, those are just seven really important points, I think, in terms of overtraining that causes bad stress in the body. You know, I know we talked about emotional and phys- uh, environmental stresses, but this is actual induced through the gym. Um, and I think it's really important in the conversations that we have right now for muscle gains and strength gains, which is, I mean, what we're trying to do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So what do we do? What do we do if, if, if this is the case, if we're overtraining, if you're feeling really stressed out, I mean, what are some exercises that we could do, Kiana, that um that could help, you know, improve our stress? Yeah, no, I think a great go-to is usually yoga. Um, especially my therapist after our sessions, she always recommends to do um yoga after our sessions just because there's a lot of trauma in your body. Mm. But yeah, yoga is a time where you really focus on breathing and connecting to your body and being still. Um, there's also jogging, Andrew Huberman, or even walking too. Andrew Huberman talks about um when you're in a high stress state, having the visuals of walking and seeing the scenery move past you does have a really good effect on your uh, brain. Um, and you can listen to his podcast for more of that, but (laughs) yeah. And then doing things that like you genuinely love to do, like dancing. Um, some people really love hit workouts too. Like again, you're gonna be walking with a friend. Yes. Walking with a friend. That's always great. Yeah. Those are great exercises. I would say in when, if you find that you feel overtrained, 
um, reducing the amounts of weight training that you do, and maybe add in one of these in between. So instead of, you know, doing weight training every single day, maybe adding some dancing, maybe some walking, maybe some breathing exercises, yoga, all of those, I think are really great, um, exercises to replace, to really help with, with that, you know, calmness and stress relief. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think too, we talked about self-care. So self-care is Mm -hmm. another, is another important aspect to our stress management. Um, Now self-care does not mean you're going to self-indulge all the time that you're going to be selfish and only think about yourself. That's not what self-care is everybody. Okay. So if you're (laughs) one of those people that are acting like like that, stop, that's not (laughs) Um, but what it is, um, is just doing things to improve your mental health and your physical health. Um, you know, when I think of self-care, and it's a question I asked you yesterday, when I think of self-care, I think of, you know, things that I can do to improve and help my body be as effective and healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might think of it as getting massages or maybe getting their nails done and their hair down, which can be a, a form of self-care, especially in, in terms of self-esteem, but um, I would say in that case, it would be um, mostly like health related, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I always like to say it's filling your cup and making sure it's like full. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. So what are some um, some ways that we can practice more uh, self-care? Yeah, so <laughs> I think the big one we were talking about yesterday was uh, setting boundaries. I think we're both <laughs> um, pretty good about that one. Um, learning to say no to things and also connecting to your feelings, um, deciding like what your own boundaries are. So I think a common misconception is that boundaries are for yourself, not for other people. So just to get that out of the way, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Boundaries are super important. I mean, if you feel overwhelmed, you're burned out, no time for yourself, then you might need to set some boundaries. This could look like maybe making a schedule within your time, within your day, um, set some time apart for something fun or something that or quiet time. Um, sometimes journaling is also really good for um, just to write down your feelings and emotions and creating awareness. I'm always about creating awareness with our nutrition, our sleep, our lifestyle, our anger management, whatever it is. It's you have to create some form of awareness, you know, find out what those triggers are in your life and then really focusing and making a strategy as to what can I do to help improve my reaction to these things. Um, so balanced diet, which we'll talk kind of more later on in our next few episodes, but really focusing on that muscle, uh, I'm sorry, your, your cell repair, like veggies, fruits, omega-3s, those are really important too. And I know that me and Kiana were actually talking about some um, books that we'll probably post right down in the show notes for your information. Um, Kiana, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I know we're running out of time, so we are going to close this up. <laughs> so yeah. just, you know, just as a quick recap, um, we know that life can bring stresses, but also overtraining can bring stresses and how to identify those things. What are some things that we can help to reduce stress, some exercises that we can do to reduce stress? So Kiana, I know that there are some books that you really like and enjoy. So what are some of your top picks? Yeah. So I think as far as for uh, relieving stress or managing stress, I really, okay, there's 
I have a few, so hold on. <laughs> um, okay. So I am really into focusing on breath work and intentionality with, um, life and everything. So the first one I have on my list is, uh, by Deepak Chopra. It's called the seven spiritual laws of yoga. So in that book, he really talks about uh, connecting the mind's body and uh, intentionality with your life and also focusing on breath work. Um, the next one I have is Jay Shetty and I love his voice for one. So if you get the book, I recommend the audiobook. <laughs> it's called Think Like a Monk. <laughs> but again, it's just reinforcing the idea of intentionality, um, being present within your own thoughts and not succumbing to outer or external um, forces, stress. And then along the lines of focusing on breath work is Wim Hof. Um, so that Wim Hof breathing method, he's also known as Iceman. Um, just yeah, he walks on- around like half naked and on ice. And you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty insane. It's insane. it really is. The things he talks about in the book are actually super insane. And like, it's almost so insane you don't believe it, but yeah. it's actual. It's anecdotal sure, evidence of breath breath work that just works. Um, so that's um kind of also inspiring me to work on my own ice bath. And then I just did a cold shower this morning. So that (laughs) 15 seconds. (laughs) Um, and then along the lines of setting, learning your own boundaries, uh, is by a a book called the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown. She talks about, um, accepting feelings, um, and how that can navigate or show you where your own boundaries are. And then my personal, this is actually my favorite book. Um, so last and definitely the most favorite is called love warrior by Glennon Doyle. So she talks about, uh, essentially sitting with your feelings and kind of, I think a lot of the times people have the tendency to disregard their feelings or push them down or aside, but she talks about really sitting with them and working through them is basically the only way you'll get a across them or over them <laughs> yeah yeah you have to confront your problems mm-hmm. you have to confront your problems um not try to push them away yeah I think that's a good great concept what about you though I'm interested in this um so I'm not much of a reader but <laughs> <laughs> no so um I you know if I get if I do get something I'm really interested it's usually like audiobook or something like that because mm-hmm. down in reading even though I would love to be a reader it's very hard for me to do it my man mm-hmm. doesn't go but I do have some picks I do have some books that I do really enjoy um so this is from um Pastor Lily Giglio um don't give an enemy a seat at the table and this is just kind of looking back at some things that that you might be facing in your life that, you know, don't, don't give it space in your life, like, and some strategies of how to, um, how to discern that and understand, like, what are some things that are affecting your life and, and not giving it the space and the time and learning other strategies um, to, to, to really work through that. Winning the war of your mind, Pastor uh, Craig Groeschel, he, um, there's a lot of, uh, psychological research that that's in this book as well. And he talked to many psychologists and therapists and things like that. Um, but it's really like, again, learning how to create awareness, learning how to 
you know, keep your thoughts captive in a, in a biblical view. Um, so I really enjoyed that one as well. Um, Atomic Habits, which is, is a huge popular one. I think I, I think everyone that I've talked to in the health and wellness space that has talked about, you know, or a book when we say, hey, what kind of books? Do you like? This is the one that comes up. Atomic Habits, um, James Clear. It's just straight way, like giving you examples on how to create healthy habits in your life that mm-hmm. help you stress. So, um, you know, setting those, you know, those type of structures in your life. And I think that's a, that's a really, really good one. And then Nidra Glover, she, and I can never pronounce her last name, but Nidra Glover, she's awesome. I follow her on Instagram, but she's like the boundary queen. <laughs> that's the way I look at her. She talks a lot about setting boundaries, but not just you know, typical boundaries in like a romantic relationship. She talks about family boundaries, work boundaries, time boundaries. Like uh, the book is called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, And it's just learning how Mm -hmm. to create that, I guess, create those boundaries in your life. So that way you have a little more peace. You don't feel so stressed out, so overwhelmed. And yeah, so that's kind of what her books are talking about. I still have to actually get through her book. I haven't gone through it, but um you know, I follow, hey, you know, reading doesn't mean you have to read it from cover to cover. You can just skim through the chapters and I still count it. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that's true too. I got, I got to do the audiobook on that one too. But, um, but yeah, so these are all like my top picks. So do you have any personal experience, Kiana, in terms of, like on how you deal with stress? I know we kind of talked about this last time, but Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, more recently I've had the feeling of spiraling into abyss. So (laughs) (laughs) and I say more recently, like within the past, uh, five months, but yeah. So basically I've come to realize that meditating for me and journaling and setting intentions for the day really, really makes just a profound difference. Um, with my day and with my mental uh, mindset. Um, So I try my usual maintenance for a clearer mind is uh, meditating like twice a week. And I have to do guided meditations because if I do silent, my thoughts run amok and then I go to a a scary abyss. So (laughs) I can't, I can't do silent meditations, but I will do guided ones um, and just set some time aside to sit with my feelings. Um, And then I'll try to journal um, a couple of times throughout the week. Um, but the biggest one that I try to do most often is set my intention. So before I go into an environment that I'm not used to, I try to recognize what do I want for the outcome? Um, how do I want to leave feeling um, kind of what I, what do I want from the experience um, really helps with kind of mitigate my social anxiety with big crowds and whatnot. Um, but yeah. And then also again, setting the intentionality with workouts and relationships with people really, I, I think that's had the biggest difference on my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I like that setting the intentionality before you go into an environment. Um, <laughs> I really like that, that thought of just thinking ahead and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when I go out with my friends sometimes and it kind of feels like we don't really know what we're doing with the night, I'll, I'll stop to ask them like, what do you want from tonight? Or like, how do you want the night to go? And I, that feels like it kind of steers the night into a way that we want it to. Yeah. 
and what you want to do, where you want to go. That exactly. Yeah, that's actually, I guess, a really good point. I love that. Yeah. Um, for so, you. Yeah, so for me, you know, what's really hard is that when you are in the middle of a very stressful time or season, it can be hard to actually apply these these changes, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's So it is a practice. It's something that you have to be very intentional about. You have to, sometimes in the beginning, it almost seems really dumb, but you have to make alarms and reminders and schedule Mm -hmm. it in and all of those things. Because if not, it won't become a practice. Like you'll just forget about it and then realize, oh, I haven't done it all week, right? So um, one of the things for me that really helps is just taking some time in the morning to do like some prayer and maybe do Bible study and maybe get some devotionals in and just have that quiet time and just, you know, really think about, um, you know, events for the week, what's happening, mm-hmm. how could I be better? You know, um, you know, for me, again, just in the biblical perspective, for me, it's always like, how could I, how could I be better at, you know, doing what, God has asked me to do kind of thing. And that's kind of one of the questions that I ask myself. Um, But being that I've been in that type of situation right now where it's been so busy, I find myself where, oh, it's been like three days and I haven't done it. You know what I'm saying? And then I feel more chaotic if I, you know, I feel more stressed and chaotic about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've been so busy and then I haven't made time. So that's why I say like, it's, it is something where you have to schedule a time for it. And mm-hmm. then you have to make it happen. Like you, you know, there's, you can't, you can't be too flexible with it at first, especially at first, because that's when you're, you're trying to develop the habit. Right. Um, so yeah, I found like, that's usually very helpful for me having a good support system, um, sharing, you know, if I, if, especially with my husband, like I talk to him basically about everything. So mm-hmm. like, if I'm dealing with some stress and things like that, I'll just b- bounce off how I feel with him. And, you know, he helps me um, kind of bring things back into perspective because he's looking from the outside in versus me looking at the inside and not seeing past my own issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think those um, for me, those are some ways that I manage stress and then exercise, of course, like I go out for walks, I'll take my dog out, I'll play with her. I, um, that's my baby. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, she's my baby. So I'm I'm you know, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. That's so nice. I actually just thought of another thing that's also kind of been helping me recently with like stressful events um, is I've just learned about enneagrams and I don't know if we oh, you told me about, about it. Okay. Yeah, we did. It. Yeah. 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 So anagrams, they're really, they're really cool because it just shows it's a personality test based off of desires and motivations Um, and based off like behavior. So it's not, it's different from other personality tests. And it's, I think it's over like 2000, like years old or something. It's very old test that's been used, but essentially the results of the test are meant to show you your personality as a whole and like what areas you can improve on or how you deal with stress typically, um, and what your life looks like when you're in a healthy state of mind. Um, and I will say I am usually pretty skeptical, skeptical, skeptical about, <laughs> about these sort of tests. But when I read my results, 
it like gave me chills because everything was so spot on and the sentences that they even used about my own mantras and things that I repeat in my mind are actual things that I have said within the past like few months. So it's been really cool to learn that and um, kind of recognize again, being more aware of my own like behaviors when I'm in a quote unquote unhealthy mindset. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You did tell me about it and I've been meaning to go in there and actually do take the test and I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, that's, uh, that's a really good one. I like walks. I like going outside, getting some fresh air. Yeah. Getting, some sunlight. Air, getting the sun. Yeah. I like doing that and and not having any noise, just listening to the birds. And that usually oh. helps relax me. It's really nice that you're in Florida too. You can just go out anytime. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 In general. I mean, if it's not like burning hot, you know, mm-hmm. humidity, but um, lately it's been a little cooler um at least for the first couple of days it was a little cooler but then today or the last okay let me go repeat last week was a little cooler these last <laughs> couple of days have been like humid it was like 91 percent humidity so I was just intense like I was working out in the garage and just normally I sweat but it's not that intense and I have a fan mm-hmm. there and everything it was like sweating intensely like drops of uh I was gonna say blood drops of <laughs> Really so no wonder you're overtrained. Um, no <laughs> jobs of sweat, like just purling down my back and my arm, they're purling on my arms and stuff. I was oh, like, this man. is I even took a video actually. I was gonna post it yesterday on Instagram. Um, of how much sweat I had, and normally I don't sweat that much, but regardless, <laughs> it was crazy. It was it was intense. Okay, but when you sweat that much, it does feel so good. <laughs> it does, yeah. It is, it's like a cleansing process. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. All well, right. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you like our episode, please give us a follow, give us five stars. Um, if you have any questions, go to girlsgainsandgossip at gmail.com and send us your questions and maybe we'll answer them on a, on our podcast. So um, mm-hmm. all right. Well, with that, we are closing out. I will see you next week. See you all. Bye. Bye.